Pro wrestling talk from the four corners of parts unknown. This is That Wrestling Podcast. Welcome to That Wrestling Podcast. It is the first episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome. So this is a podcast spawned from a group text message from me and three of my friends. I am Jason Marchuka, and with me is uh, Brian Christie, who I've known the longest. Brian, what's up, man? What's up, guys? Uh, JT, a.k.a. Joe. What's up, dude? Hey, nothing much, man. How you doing? And Kevin, hello. How are you? What's up? Oh, man. How are you guys doing tonight? So the four of us all worked at the same shitty radio station about 15 years ago. And uh, before we get into what this podcast is about, I figured we would talk a little bit about who, how we became friends. Uh, Brian and I have known each other the longest. Uh, we worked in Pittsburgh at a radio station. We both worked the overnight shift. Um when you had to play CDs and cart commercials. And uh, we would just talk on the phone about, you know, music and wrestling and all that stuff. And then here we are 20 years later. Uh, Brian was the best man at my wedding. And I am the godfather of his daughter. And uh, Brian then went to Michigan where he worked with Joe and Kevin. Now, when I worked in Michigan with Brian and Joe and Kevin, I didn't really know Joe that well or Kevin. So, uh, Brian... Let's talk about how you got to know Brian and Joe. Well, I'm Brian, so I got yeah. to the very get-go. July 4, 1979, I was all about it. Uh, but as far as Kevin and Joe go, yeah, you know, I moved to Michigan February 2004, and, and Kevin worked on my station. Joe worked in promotion, so sooner or later after that, uh, the ball got rolling. And I, I really can't pinpoint when – you know, in the discussions of between Kevin and Joe and myself that we became like into wrestling. I don't remember that happening. I don't know if maybe a show was coming around and we had tickets or I don't know if you guys have any recollection of that, but all of a sudden it's like, you know, I can remember moving to Michigan, kind of meeting you guys and then being at Buffalo Wild Wings for Sunday pay-per-views. And there's, there's some blanks in the middle there somewhere that I just don't remember really now. Joe, what is your uh, early memory of meeting Brian? And do you remember how the wrestling I, I, conversation started? I kind started? of remember how wrestling came about. Uh, yes, uh, Brian, Kevin, Jason, you guys were all at the rock station. And I was doing, we all know for small town radio, I was doing promotions and sports talk at the station. same time. Yeah, so you right. had to wear two different hats or three different hats and commercial work and traffic and all that stuff. So I was pretty much doing everything for the sports talk station and where it came about was basically whenever there was like the Friday afternoon at either the holiday Inn or whatever the remote was like Reno's, we would just hang out and have a couple drinks and start talking about wrestling. Don't know how it came up. I think it was because we had uh, house show tickets at the at uh, one of the arenas by us and uh, parts unknown. And then um, it just came about with we just started talking about wrestling and uh, realized that we need to go to B-dubs every pay-per-view. Mm -hmm. And it just grew from there. But the funny thing is, Kevin graduated with my younger cousin. So he, we found Hilarious. out that... We found that out at my wedding. Kevin was at my wedding and my cousin was there. And it's like, they were like, they knew each other in high school. So it's like, 
we were in the same, we were like two towns apart the entire time. So that was a small world right there. What do you think, Kevin? I, I think when, uh, without even talking about being fans of wrestling, I feel like you could just look at us at one another and just be like, this guy's like me, kind of nerdy. We're oozing machismo. <laughs> we're oozing machismo. <laughs> you know, we just hold ourselves with such great confidence. Uh, but I, I don't know. I just feel like there's a certain type of nerd potential or percentage, you know, that you just for like, that dude probably likes wrestling, not in a bad way. It's almost like you dig it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like auto connection. Yeah. Within time. You know, I think it's pretty safe to say that I'm, I'm probably the most hardcore fan out of the four of us. And I don't mean that in like, barbed wire and bats and tables i think you know i pay attention to you know wrestling from japan and mexico and i love the indies um but of course the majority of this podcast will be about wwe aew and nxt but don't don't fret we are not gonna uh leave ring of honor and impact and all those other uh groups and and the independents we're not gonna ignore that but a lot of it will be about the big the big boys but uh you know, my big thing about pro wrestling, uh, I love the merch. I am a huge merch king. Uh, I, I love the T-shirts. I got figures and memorabilia, and I've been given belts over the years. Yeah, belts, not titles. Um, <laughs> wow, I'm, Vince's edict. I, I'm, I'm the big shirt guy here. And uh, what's fun, over the course of the planning process of this podcast, I've turned you guys into wrestling shirt guys and i think kevin you're the biggest convert i think out of the three of you yeah i i I definitely agree to that when i start going on uh you know hot topic (laughs) wrestling tees uh wwe shop you know multiple places and uh each week i think there's a good three or four straight weeks i at least got like two or three shirts and it was like oh i just picked up a dozen in the last month uh but there's there's such good deals in, in with AEW and so many things. There's there's so many guys that you know I want to walk around representing their their clothes because I, I like watching them on you know TV. And Joe, you kind of not as bad as Kevin, uh, but I know occasionally I'll get that email. Hey, look at these, and I'm like, hot topic podcast thirty percent off. Yeah, I had to, I had to do it. It's uh it's getting sad that before. We started talking about doing this. I think I had eight to ten wrestling shirts, period. And from the beginning of 2021 till now, I've bought eight more. So I've already doubled my T-shirt collection. And, Jason, you and I are both uh, pop vinyl guys. So, of course, I have all of of those, too. And, yeah, the merch is going up a little bit more. And the respect for my wife is going down with each uh <laughs> with each purchase i make she's like really you're still doing this you're still doing this and it's like well, i have to it's for the show well just tell her just tell her my my line is it's not going up my nose and it's not going in a g-string that's where the money's not going so to that point I, jay I, I like that you said that the email coming through from joe will say hey look at these and it ain't talking about <laughs> <laughs> that, that shows how the fandom really runs deep with us. It's totally legit. Uh, Brian, 
the the least of the converts. Uh, I know yeah. you've bought a couple shirts, but not as bad as the rest of us. Um, you were the big ECW guy. Um, yes. What's your earliest ECW memory? Oh my god! Like you know, it was on. You know, they did paid programming. This was probably fall of '96 or spring of '97, and they and they'd be on at one in the morning on like the local WBCW channel on a Saturday night. And I can remember like on the first episode I ever watched the tag team, the Pitbulls, which are these jacked up Steiner brother, muscle bound steroid dudes, power bombing Francine, who's, you know, female manager from the top rope through a table in the ring. And I hadn't seen anything like it in my life. And I went, what in the hell is this? And then you, you know, you, you see some of the guys that you do know, like Terry Funk and Paul Heyman and Bam Bam Bigelow, like that. So that was like the combination of just like, okay, I know some of these guys, where have they been with this this new new blood of talent of guys that I'd never seen, like Sabu and Rob Van Dam. And, uh, you know, thankfully, Philadelphia, even though, you know, we're from Pittsburgh originally, me and you, Jay, like they would tour around us. So, you know, that it just made it grow knowing that I could see them 15 minutes from my house at the CCBC Golden Dome. Uh, uh, of course, of there, course. Man. And I'm sure over the course of the podcast, we'll definitely talk about your ECW adventures. Kevin, um, what were you, were you just WWE as a kid or what were you into? Figured I was WWF, you know, growing up. And then I got into WCW like, what, a year before, two years before NWO really started uh, just because I met a lot of kids in high school. Uh, you know, they got me into WCW Starcades. Uh, and then that got me going, you know, back and seeing how much I missed throughout the years uh, by not watching that sooner. But I do remember uh, Joe and I have had this discussion prior. Brian, you mentioned ECW is on it like three in the morning on <laughs> past sports. Uh, and I remember I'm like Tuesdays, the biggest, the biggest thing was, you know, stay up late on the weekends and it would be like an hour show. Uh, you might see one match, but it was a lot of like infomercial type thing. And it was like, I don't remember if it was Francine, but you saw her kind of like doing like stripper type moves. The and night Kawana Monalea danced atop <laughs> the ECW arena. Yeah. Exactly. And it's just like, just, you know, the, just the camera work. It was, uh, I didn't get to ever see it live, you know, growing up, but it was, it was kind of one of those things where it's like, Ooh, is someone watching me when watching this? Like, it's almost <laughs> like it was, it was kind of cool to, to experience. But yeah, I was, uh, I was just plain cut kind of WWF kind of guy when I was younger. I was a big Jim Crockett promotions, NWA, and then uh, WCW. And if you go to our YouTube channel at that WrestlePod, you can see the intro videos. We all made a little bit about us wrestling, non-wrestling, you know, family stuff. Uh, but yeah, I was big into the Four Horsemen and uh, Dusty Rhodes, baby, and just everything about it. Because in Pittsburgh, yeah, we got all the WWF program, but six oh five on Saturday night, you know, turn to uh, NWA, man, and it's all over the WWE network right now. So uh, that was my big thing, and we'll wrap up this part of the intro show with you, Joe. What were you into as a as a youth? As a youth, I was uh, definitely pro WWF. Um, 
loved like started off as a little hulkamaniac but then i started really getting into macho man and piper i thought hogan was going to kind of stale at like eight years old i like the guys he went against more because hogan to me was always saying the same thing but i really was into like the stories of it i loved watching it i watched the cartoon the hulk hogan rock and wrestling which of course i still have on glorious vhs i still have a, i still have a working vcr too because i do and i did watch uh nwa wcw on tbs at 605 saturday night and I enjoyed it because it was still wrestling. I wasn't into it as much because I felt like it was darker. And that was just like, you know, as a kid, you just, I just looked at it as it was darker, not knowing that it was the production value was better at WWF. Well, I think a lot of that too, Joe, is WWF was the doinks and the dumpster drossy. And like that's those when I characters. stopped watching. NWA was never like that. They never right. really had too many gimmicky things until later on, but uh, that's very cool. And so that was a little bit about us and our wrestling fandom. So we're going to get into what this show is about. Now, uh, of course, there are not enough wrestling podcasts out there that we had to put another one out into the world. And we're not journalists. We're not dirt sheet guys. As you can tell, we're just fans. And that's what this podcast is about. The goal is to be as interactive as possible on social media at that WrestlePod on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, we have a TikTok, but we're kind of slow on that. Um, always interact with us. Send an email, thatwrestlepod at gmail.com. And uh, YouTube, you know, if you're watching this on YouTube right now, please subscribe, leave a comment, tell your friends, and let's, uh, you know, wrestling's fun. So let's have fun together now don't, don't forget to send that email with the subject of check these out <laughs> <laughs> you'll be part of the group just like that no time oh funny funny so uh one last thing on the email uh if you don't want to email but you want to reach out uh if you have a question for the show topics things that we're uh, involved with use the hashtag ask twp get it that wrestling podcast Ask TWP on social media. Hashtag Ask TWP. So three of us have jobs where wrestling t-shirts are not acceptable in the workplace. And one of us, doesn't really matter what he wears. And over the course of the podcast, uh, we'll let you figure out who is who and uh, you know who can wear the shirts to work and who not. But because this is a wrestling podcast, Wrestling shirts are mandatory. And the first thing we will do every week on the show is a little segment we like to call, What Are You Wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing today, today? What are you wearing? What are you wearing? What are you wearing today? This week for the intro, I had to break out my formal wear. My Ted DiBiase <laughs> suit T-shirt. Uh, I picked it up at Pro Wrestling Tees. Um, you know, we talked earlier about the sales. And, you know, you can't just buy one. But uh, I thought for week one, I'd go formal. And uh, you can get this at Pro Wrestling Tees. Brian, you've got the classic. You've got a classic shirt this week, right? I do. It's a, a big couple of days for these guys. Uh, I got the classic black and white that changed the industry, the new, 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 new world order. Ah, okay. Shout out to gotcha. the, 
all the guys going into the hall and uh, Eric Bischoff as well. Well deserved. And uh, Joe, another classic. Can't go wrong with the classics. I'm going with the other uh, black and white with attitude, uh, Austin 316. I'm foreshadowing for a future segment why I chose this one. But, uh, yeah, you can't go wrong with the rattlesnake. And everyone, if you're a wrestling fan, everyone, if you're a wrestling fan, you should have a some sort of Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. And I'm saying everyone should have a Stone Cold Steve Austin shirt. <laughs> And if you may not notice, one of us doesn't belong. <laughs> one of these things is not like the other. Flat who's the one who ago? doesn't have the Austin 316 shirt? Now, listen, I will get into the story if you want that I told you guys. Go for it. Go All ahead. All right. So, listen, I did want a Stone Cold shirt from back in the day. I, I, did, I didn't have the original Austin 316 that everybody has. I admit that. But back in the heyday of the Monday Night Wars... You get like these little uh, catalog in the mail where you could buy wrestling shirts and they'd come to your house in four to six weeks once you sent in the check, right? (laughs) 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 What's that? PO box 48123. Yeah, and and they had one that like on the front, it said Goldberg sucks. And on the back, it said (laughs) Austin rules. Maybe it's I I don't remember. We had those at the mall kiosk where it was like the knockoff wrestling shirts. I know exactly which one you're talking about. So Uh. whatever the catalog was, I ordered it and they sent me some other random Austin shirt that wasn't the one I wanted. And I like sent it. I called them probably and sent it back and said, hey, I want this one instead. And they resent the same shirt. So I just gave up at that point. And that shirt is, is long to history. So my if, bad. If you're listening and you have the Goldberg sucks Austin rules t-shirt, send it to Let us know. Uh, Brian will buy it off of yes, you if I it's will. the right size. I will. I will. I will and, redeem myself. And the reason we're telling this story is a couple of weeks ago on 316 day, as you can f- see on social media, we all posted an Austin shirt. I had the ringmaster shirt. Uh, Joe had the Austin 316. Kevin, I think you had the Austin 316 shirt. And Brian, you did not participate. So, uh, Kevin, let's move on to what you are wearing this week. I'm uh, uh, wearing about, what, a year ago? We were all in Chicago for, for Revolution and got to see one of the best tag team matches I've ever seen live. Uh, Young Bucks, Super Kick Party t-shirt. And, nice. Uh, it's funny. So I, I was wearing it before we started recording, recording, and I was putting my, my son to bed. And he's like, looking at it, he's like, that a New Day shirt, Dad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very cartoony yeah. looking. And he's just like, there's eyeballs popping out. And I'm just like, close, close. Uh, nobody, another tag team will watch them. Uh, but yeah, I. Been wanting to wear this uh, shirt for a while is one of my new pickups. So great time to wear it tonight. And if you are wearing a wrestling t-shirt, which I'm guessing if you're listening to this podcast, there is a 97.3% chance you're wearing a wrestling t-shirt. Send us a picture on social media. Use the hashtag TWP shirt, TWP shirt hashtag on social media. And if you want to pick up a shirt, from this podcast, we have a store available on whatamaneuver.net. Uh, search that wrestling podcast. You can pick up a shirt, uh, tank top, hoodie. We got shirts for men, women, kids, even onesies for babies. Not for adults, because that's fucking creepy. Uh, whatamaneuver.net. 
search that wrestling podcast and buy the shirts buy the shirt that wrestling podcast presents the five count It's the five count. It could be the greatest tag team. It could be the worst gimmicks. Greatest failed storylines. Next week for our WrestleMania show, it's going to be our five count WrestleManias. And for this week, uh, since this is a show to learn about us and this new show, we thought we would do a five count of our favorite matches. Now, these aren't the greatest matches of all time. These are our five count favorite matches in the history of professional wrestling. Brian, we'll let you go first this week. Cause I've talked oh. enough right now. Oh, wow. The honor. Okay. Well, this was, this was fun. It was fun to go back and look back and, and it was challenging, but it really boiled down to six contenders for a top five. So very quickly, I'll mention my number six is nature boy, Ric Flair versus Shawn Michaels. HBK retires Ric Flair. I'm sorry. I love you. Just like the match and HBK says that, right? So that's my number six. But number five, Foley versus Taker, Hell in a Cell. Uh, never seen anything like it. It's the night that Mick Foley cemented himself as an all-time legend. And really, you know, you go back and watch it. And of course, the, the throw off the top is the spot you see at every commercial, right? But it's the second one. The second one where he goes through the top of the cage and the chair hits him in the mouth and his teeth go up in the nose. That, that part, when you watch that again, you go, holy shit. And, and an underrated moment of that match, by the way, guys, you rewatch it. Jim Ross, he makes a call when uh, Terry Funk and all the other officials are checking on uh, Mick Foley. And Undertaker, for whatever reason, choke slams Ch- Terry Funk. Right and, out of his shoes. Right out of his shoes. <laughs> <laughs> that's so off the cuff, it was perfect. So that's always a, gets me a good laugh. Brian, that was in Pittsburgh. Were you there? I was not. No, uh, no. I can remember where I was. I was in my buddy's basement watching and, you know, being a poor college kid at the time, just didn't have the cash for it. Um, gotcha. But very, very cool nonetheless. So really, my next two in theory, are tied for number three. I couldn't separate, but we'll say one's four, we'll say one's three. But it's a flip of a coin. My number four is CM Punk versus John Cena, Money in the Bank. This match, the the lines were so blurred of what's real and not. What Punk's contract is supposed to expire at midnight. Um, He had the pipe bomb promo a couple weeks earlier. Was that a shoot? Was that a work? All this. The match is in Chicago, Punk's hometown. Every person in the arena is all for CM Punk. It's it's a, a rabid fan base. Crowd's so into it. And I, I love the finish. Punk wins after Vince comes down, tries to recreate the Montreal screw job. Um, yeah, uh, ends up, uh, Cena ends up uh, knocking out John Laurinaitis. Punk hits the GTS, oh. wins. And of course, since it was money in the bank, then how cool Vince comes down, gets on Lawler's headset and calls for Del Rio to cash in. (laughs) Punk leaving. And sure enough, Del Rio comes down, Punk kicks him. And that iconic image of Punk hopping the rail to go in the crowd, (sighs) blowing the kiss. The crowd goes nuts as he literally runs to the concourse. So, so fucking cool. So 
that's number four, we'll say. But my number three, and again, you can flip them depending on what time of day, is Rob Van Dam versus John Cena at One Night Stand. This match that the Hammerstein Ballroom, which was an ECW home base, 2,500 fans, literally all for Rob Van Dam. That pay-per-view goes on the air, and one of the first images is a big banner saying, if Cena wins, we riot. That's how much this was. And Cena comes out. Thank God he doesn't try to do all his goofy shtick that he would do on a regular show. He knew that they weren't, they weren't buying it. But he takes off his shirt. He throws it to the crowd, and the crowd <laughs> throws it right back. And it probably happened four or five times. So great. The crowd was not having it. And what's fun when I watch this back is Cena was doing heel shit in this match. He put his foot on the ropes for a pin. He knocked out a referee, and I didn't remember that. I'm like, wow. So that's the, the, the lengths he was going to defend his title in this hostile environment. Um, the crowd, the crowd's just amazing. You can't wrestle. Same old shit. Same old Same shit. Old yep. shit. Like, it, it was fantastic. Joey Styles and Taz on commentary are great. Uh, Edge ends up spearing Cena through a table. RVD, five-star frog splash. Paul Heyman comes out because he's the man and he pins one, two, three, and RVD wins the title. So such didn't we watch didn't we watch this at your apartment? That's uh, more I, I remember, yes. It, it and I was over there. If you guys okay. were I know yeah, I watched I, it at my, my Lansing apartment, correct. Uh number two, Triple H for Shawn Michaels in SummerSlam for HBK's first match in over four years. This was an un unsanctioned anything goes match. HBK comes out, he's in his jeans, his cowboy boots. And because he had retired because of back problems, I really remember thinking they're going to protect him and protect his back. But of course, they did the exact opposite, which made every move so cringy. Chairs to the back, whipping him with the belts, you know, backbreakers, all this stuff. And I, I love the moment where HBK sets up Triple H on the outside on a table he climbs to the top rope and he does one of these like i'm fucking crazy and it's like <laughs> holy shit yeah you are nails um um triple h uh or i'm sorry hbk ends up winning by countering the pedigree into a roll-up so it's kind of a surprise pin crowds going nuts and about 10 seconds later Triple H comes from behind, hits him with the sledgehammer in the back. The crowd is going ape shit. JR and King are, you know, in, in full panic mode of my God, what a, that son of a bitch. It's, it's, the, it's so great. H HBK wins the match, but Triple H wins the war by doing that as HBK gets carried off on a stretcher. I fucking love that match. I watch that every year and it kicked off HBK's incredible second run. Uh, my number one, Hulk Hogan versus The Rock at WrestleMania 18. It's icon versus icon. The hottest crowd ever. You know, it's it's Hogan's first appearance at WrestleMania since WrestleMania 9. And just, it's so fun because every little thing that happens, the crowd eats it up. Lock up. Hogan throws The Rock down. Standing ovation. Like, it's just, it's so great. And it just, it's a match that gives me all the feelings of why I fell in love with wrestling as a kid. Um, the, the moment where Hogan ends up hitting the leg drop and the crowd's going nuts and Jr. with my favorite commentary line of all time, 
is he beat Andre the Giant with that move. I mean, if you want to talk about painting the picture of how big this moment is, that's it. I get chills just talking about it right now. Favorite line. Uh, Rock ends up winning. Hall and Nash come down and kind of, you know, mess with Hogan. So Rock and, and uh, Hogan ends up getting rid of those guys. And uh, Hogan, most, Hogan must pose, right? <laughs> you know, what's interesting about fast, man. Yeah, yes. fast. What's interesting about that match is I believe that is the first time that the crowd hijacked the show. It mm -hmm. dictated yeah, yeah, yeah. that who was over and who wasn't. And, uh, you know, in years since, every WrestleMania crowd tries to take over, especially yeah. that fucking night after WrestleMania at Raw. But uh, great five count, Brian. We're going to go to Kevin next. Uh, what is your five count, Kevin? We'll start with you at number five. So uh, it slightly mirrors Brian. So Brian did Rock versus Hogan at number one. I have Rock versus Hogan as my number five. Uh, very similar to everything Brian mentioned. One thing that highlights my uh, watching the matches even before they even start wrestling is when they're po or like staring at each other and they do the face turn. If you're watching on YouTube, you know, and then they do it the other way. And Hogan is that uh smug look on him you know with the beard and it just it, it gave you the goosebumps and i remember exactly where i was i was uh in the dorm at uh michigan state my buddy next door stole the pay-per-view somehow <laughs> and we watched it on his like 32 inch screen uh or tv which is like baller style back in 2000 2002 uh so it was uh it was awesome it was just one of those matches where when I was thinking about it, I'm like, I kind of went on uh, instinct kind of like making my list. I was like thinking, I'm like, okay, I don't really want to like think too hard. What comes to mind when I'm like thinking best match. So literally earlier today, I was like closing my eyes and that was like one of the top five. I did have a number six and I'll save that for last. It, it almost made it. Number four though, is also at a WrestleMania the year before TLC between the Dudleys Hardy's and edging Christian bod fast brutal by the way Dudley's with the Z boys and Hardy boys yeah. <laughs> <laughs> see that very often uh, on, yeah. just just so many spots uh uh you know edge jumping off there uh uh not to be confused with the great match they they also had at SummerSlam uh, was it SummerSlam 2000 what was that a ladder match I believe uh but just that match, you know, is something that never seen before uh, up to that level. And I think all three teams brought it in the real winners in that match, you know, and, and everyone who's listening, you know, it's very cliche to say the fans were the real winners in a lot of these matches because, you know, we, we still talk about that, what, 15 plus years later, that match. And, and of course, Edge and Christian are, you know, one of my favorite tag teams of all time. So, just seeing all three of those uh, teams go at it. Number three, very similar to the TLC, but it's just the L, WrestleMania 10, Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels ladder match. Right off the bat, you know, Razor Ramon comes out, does like his, his cool little, you know, shimmy uh, by the ladder. And it's just so many things because Shawn, you know, looking Shawn, so athletic in the Rockers, solo career he, you know he's jumps he uh, uh flips you know he's such 
such a mobile wrestler. But when you looked at Razor, he's one of those guys who are like, you know, more of a bruiser style, uh, beats him up. And he was he was doing some things off the ladder too. Is it was very exciting. Never saw anything like that before. So I was like, Ooh, are these people gonna get hurt? You know, because at, at that point, you know, I was a pretty young guy. I'm like, ooh, don't get hurt, don't get hurt. And they're <laughs> pushing it over. It's like, ooh, is he all right? Now I watch it. I'm like, yeah, kill each other. But it was it was <laughs> it was such a, a revolutionary uh event way before its time. You know, WrestleMania 10, that's only you know, seven years after Hogan Andre, you know, and and Razor Ramon and, and Shawn Michaels were breaking down the house in that ladder match to Undertaker versus Mankind Hell in the Cell 1998. Uh, Brian, every single note that I have on here basically <laughs> is what you mentioned. You know, uh, we've been to Hell in the Cell at uh, Joe Lewis. We saw Shane take a bump, you know, when Kevin O or uh, where was it? Kevin O. LCA. LCA. It was Little Caesars. Uh, yeah. Little Caesars. Uh, yes. Little Caesars Arena. But Always go back to when, you know, Mankind thankfully landed on that table. Okay, he's not the most – Mick Foley's not the most agile guy, right? It has to take a precise athletic man to still crash your body on that table. Because you can imagine, what if it was three feet off? He might have been dead. A lot of those spots in that damn match, he could have – he really could have been injured, you know, tooth up the nose and, and up the lip and everything, but – uh, and I know a lot of matches have spawned off from Hell in the Cell. Uh, what there's how many there's guys? been 45 Hell in the Cell matches. Holy crap! I was going to say two or three dozen, 45. But the best, the best is is that one. And I think it it's it was just original. Mankind at that point, you know, was uh, earlier in his career. You know, when he first came out, he was he was creepy, he was scary. The music, and at that point, you know, he was kind of becoming a little bit more. Uh, not, I don't want to say hokey, right? But like more, you know, talkative and and not making the, the extreme noises and everything. But after that match, it was like, okay, Mick Foley is is ridiculous. This guy is is bringing it. Number one, kind of partial to this one wrestler, Joe sporting his shirt today. Still WrestleMania, WrestleMania thirteen, Bret Hart versus Stone Cold I Quit match. Multiple reasons. First thing that you think of, or at least I think of when I watch that match, stone cold face all bloody in that sharpshooter, not giving up. Bret Hart, you know, both of them are just going back and forth during the whole match. One of the coolest things during that match, you know, that's when stone cold and Bret Hart, they basically flipped, right? One was a face, one was a heel. And it was like the double turn. And after that, you know, stone cold just, skyrocketed even more to, to, to superstardom just because, you know, he didn't weird. Uh, that a he, ghost. I don't know. It was like, Not again. I, I, Not I, again. Swoggle. Was it swoggle under the table there? What, what's what, going on what, what? Okay. For, for, if you're only listening, like I sit about four feet away from my bedroom window and literally it just went like ding dong. Hello. <laughs> Weirdest shit. Someone must be like next door pounding me. <laughs> it's the wrestlers right. in your number six pick who are pissed. Honorable <laughs> mention. Let's find out who that is, Kev. <laughs> I'm going to quit this show because I'm getting a little scared. Uh, but uh, number six, I just put 
Flair's Royal Rumble match. Just, just, oh, sure. sure. oh. I, I was just like, you know what? almost almost made that list and it was like one of my favorite rumble uh uh events of all time you know it, it ranks up there so high and that's great the promo after from flair it almost cracked the top five uh but it was one of those ones that i thought of immediately but yep five three one number one stone culver's bret hart that i quit match great great five count kevin i'll go next with my five because that's what we were supposed to pick five um, number five, <laughs> number five, February 25th, 2013, Monday Night Raw. Yours truly was in the second row. And if you watch, you can see the back of my Steeler hat most of the night. <laughs> it, it is John Cena against CM Punk. Now, the backstory, uh, uh, John Cena had just won the Royal Rumble and he was on his way to face The Rock for the WWE title at WrestleMania, this would be Rock Cena 2, and Punk felt slighted. So the lead-up was this match determined who was going to face The Rock. And to be there in the second row, the match was just fucking outstanding. So uh, February 25th, 2013, Monday Night Raw. Go check it out. Um, hopefully, the uh, when you're listening to this, the network hasn't fully transformed over to Peacock yet. It'll still be there now, today, April 2nd. But uh, that is my number five. Uh, number four is uh, October 5th, 1997. The Bad Blood pay-per-view, it is the first Hell in a Cell match. Undertaker and HBK. Now, a few months prior, Shawn Michaels was the guest referee between The Undertaker and Bret Hart. Um, Shawn Michaels cost The Undertaker the title. And uh, they wrestled a match, uh, Sean and Taker, at ground zero. It went to a no contest. And to put an end to the feud, they had to go to hell. Hell in a cell. It was the first one ever. And, and it was such a great match. Um, and it's also the debut of Kane, uh, the Undertaker's brother. So uh, number four is uh, the first hell in a cell match. Undertaker and HBK from Bad Blood. Now, uh, this is uh, going to show my age a little bit. I'm the oldest of the four. George and, uh, Schmidt versus. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, no this is uh, actually this. This could be a fun conversation. July fourth, nineteen eighty-seven. How old were you, Brian? Because that's your birthday. I'd be eight. Eight years old uh, that beautiful day. The match beyond. The first War Games match from NWA, Jim Crockett Promotions. It was the Four Horsemen and J.J. Dillon against the Road Warriors, Paul Ellering, Nikita Koloff, and the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, baby. Dusty Rhodes created War Games. And this isn't like the watered-down NXT version of War Games that there is now. There was a roof on the cage, and uh, the only way you could win, you had to Make your opponent surrender, not give up, not tap out, not a pinfall, surrender. And, of course, J.J. Dillon surrendered, which kind of lame, but, you're, you know, the weakest of the team, you know, had to take the L. But, yeah, uh, July 4th, uh, War Games, it was in Atlanta, Georgia at the Great American Bash. That's my number three. Hey, now, my yeah. number two, what? You could throw it out there. I was five and a half. 
but you, but your birthday is in July fourth. That was the whole point. Come on, Kevin, play <laughs> along. Read the room, brother. Read the room. So number uh, two, who counts half birthdays anyway? Come on, is it's, it, no, it's a full birthday. Brian' birthday is on July fourth. Exactly. Come on, Kevin. Yeah. So my number two is from the September fourth, two thousand nine edition of SmackDown. John Morrison against Rey Mysterio. It was ah. uh, IC title match. Uh, Morrison wins his third IC title. And I remember watching this on TV and like, whole, I, I couldn't believe what I was seeing because this was on TV. This was a pay-per-view quality match on television. And then it showed up on the John Morrison DVD. Remember those? so yeah uh john morrison ray mysterio and this is when john morrison was a badass not the goofy sidekick that he's playing now with the weird haircut oh that Uh, haircut that's something else man you're right september 4th 2009 edition of smackdown and my number one july 17th 2011 Money in the Bank pay-per-view, CM Punk against John Cena. Now, of course, this is a result of the pipe bomb. Punk's unhappy. He didn't get ice cream bars or his face on the cup or the program. uh, And he was going to win the title and leave. And he did. The match is outstanding. Brian, you touched on the finish with him blowing the kiss to Vince. Yeah. YouTube Punk's entrance. Yeah. I have never heard a pop that loud. And it went on. There's a video on YouTube dedicated to just this. It's six minutes from the time the Kill Switch Engage song hits. I think that's who sang his original. That's right. Yep. And then all the way until Cena hit. It was six minutes and it was unbelievable. Uh, Number one for my five count is John Cena, CM Punk, Money in the Bank, 2011. And wrapping up. Our five count for this week. Joe, what do you have uh, as your five count? Well, here's my five and only five because I also paid attention to the rules. Uh, Kevin, I think that noise that was coming from your house was my thunder that you were constantly stealing every time you were talking about <laughs> your list. And you're going to find out why. And it's like, are you kidding me? Yeah. All right, here we go. About the old WCW show thunder? Yeah, Thursday Night Thunder? Yeah, Norman Smiley is uh, oh. facing uh, oh, a right on any building the in the country. Oh, man. All right. So here we go. Number five. And I'm just going based off memory here for uh, dates because, Jason, you kept saying dates. Uh, March 17th, 2002. Russell preparation, Joe. Don't mock my style. Hate to, tell you, but, hate to tell you, but the date is correct. March 17th, 2002. WrestleMania 18. Rock Hogan was my number five reason why it would have been higher. If Jr. wasn't trying to play off the crowd was split at the beginning, he was totally trying to say, Oh, the crowd split. And I'm watching it going, no, they're not. They're all Hogan. They're, they're not split. And the Kevin, you mentioned the whole, the turning side to side. And you could tell Hogan was smiling because he's like, you know how bad of a, exit he had at WCW. So him having the crowd, the Hulkamaniacs uh, 
being on his side, you know that meant way much, way more to him than The Rock. And I can't wait to see what it looks like in the Chris Hensworth movie. They got to have that included in there. That no, match. this is only this is his early days. That that's not about wrestling. I know, but it's like I wish they would have that moment in there because that's the a perfect sequel. ending. Maybe the, the sequel, sequel, brother. Yes, the sequel, the sequel brother. brother. Okay, so that's my number five. I don't have to mention anything else because it was already mentioned twice. Number four. Uh, Brian, Kevin, again, mentioned it again. June 28th, 1998, King of the Ring, Hell in the Cell, Foley Undertaker. And for all the same reasons, but I'm only just going to say one, one last thing. It's the one match whenever anyone in my family would say, how can you watch that stuff? It's so fake. <laughs> I can't predetermined, bro. I, not fake. It, it, predetermined. it is predetermined, predetermined sports entertainment. And every time I just turn that on and going like, you telling me that's fake. You telling me you can do that. And Kevin, you said that he's not the most agile guy. He's way more agile than any of us. So <laughs> we couldn't do it. <laughs> uh, and the so Sopranos number... isn't real either. Exactly. It's entertainment. My number three was not mentioned by anyone. Thankfully. I don't know the date, so I'm not going to say it. WrestleMania 25, Shawn Michaels, Undertaker. One of the greatest matches, obviously third greatest match I've ever seen. Um, just, the, just, the that, just the moment that makes me go, wow, was when Shawn kicked out of the tombstone and Undertaker's look resting on his hip going, and was Brian, that the Was that the first match or the second match? It was the first one. Okay. And it, it also takes me back, too, because we're also saying for, like, memories, Brian, I was watching it with him at B-dubs, and Brian jumped off his stool like he was told, <laughs> like he was told by Maury Povich that you're not the father. Because he jumped <laughs> off and went, oh! And he was running around the bar. No! Like, really? You did that? I mean, I definitely yeah. remember jumping off the bar. Yeah. I mean, jumping off my bar stool and like being like this for like. Yeah, two he was running wow. around like it's like you are Brian. You are not the father, and he was just like, oh. Wait, you re- like, did you really run around the bar? I don't remember that, but he was running. It's his five count, he, so let him roll. He didn't. He you? didn't run around the entire. He ran around uh, like our area. Like he w- he jumped off his stool and was running in a circle, going, well, "Oh!" So. Brian was really into those woodchuck ciders at that time, so oh. maybe. <laughs> oh, shit! But every every You're time right. I watch, every time I watch that uh, match now, and when the kickout happens, I just think of Brian going, "You are not the father," and he just oh runs around. But oh, the match was the match was almost perfect. Number two, WrestleMania three, nineteen eighty seven. Ricky Steamboat, Randy Macho Man Savage. Sure, sure. It is a clinic of like just pure wrestling match. And just hearing the background of it from all like the documentaries that you see, how Randy Savage had everything planned out to a T. The crowd was hot for it. Um, had, even having George the Animal Seal and Elizabeth having their little thing, that gave you the sports entertainment part of it. But Steamboat and Savage just put on a wrestling clinic back and forth. Uh, if it wasn't for this next match, it would still be the match that like stands the test of time for me. And number one, 1997, WrestleMania 13, the match that brought me back to wrestling. I quit Stone Cold versus Bret Hart. 
I stopped watching wrestling after WrestleMania seven. I thought it was getting too cheesy. Uh, and I just like, I didn't care about the next generation. I didn't care about Duke, the dumpster or repo man or any of the, like, you know, Dr. Isaac Yankum. I just thought it was corny. It was cheesy. I was done with it. And then I was called over my friend's house on a Sunday and they're like, we're watching WrestleMania 13. And I'm like, Oh, how can you watch that fake stuff? And predetermined, predetermined. Don't say that. But that match is what got me because Austin bleeding, but it's like, it was the double turn. And I knew who Bret Hart was. I'm like, Oh, I remember him. He's a tag tag foundation. And I'm like, Oh, okay. So Mm. blah, blah, blah. And like when Austin came out and the glass broke, I'm like, okay, this guy seems like a badass. So I was, I was hooked. And it was the first WrestleMania where I said, I have to watch raw tomorrow. And from there I haven't stopped. So number one, based on bringing me back into the fold, Stone Cold versus Bret Hart, I quit match, WrestleMania 17, and the blood soaked on the mat, too. Perfect. And that was the five count. We do it every week. We'll pick a random topic. And like I said, this week, it was all about our five count favorite matches of all time. And next week, we're back with our five count WrestleMania. Who made your five count? Let us know on social media using the hashtag TWP5Count. This is who we are. This is what that wrestling podcast will be about. And uh, we're looking forward to doing this every Friday. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, everywhere you get your podcast. But before we go, we got to do the podcaster thing. Joe, where can people find you on social media? Uh, that would be on Twitter at TWP. JT, are you sure? I'm not. So why don't you go to me first? <laughs> go to someone else because I have to look it up because it's not. My All right, Kevin. One. Yeah, whatever. Wait, thank, way to be prepared. All right, Kevin. Since Joe's not prepared or paying attention, where can people find you on social media? My Twitter handle is at twp underscore Kevin. And Brian, I want to know: Is there? <laughs> Did somebody already take at TWP Kevin? Why is there an underscore? <laughs> Did we kick a, another Kevin off the show beforehand, but he still has Twitter? I don't know. But nevertheless, you can find you can find me on Twitter at TWP Brian B-R-I-A-N. And Joe, are you ready to say what your social media handles are? Yes, I am ready. I am. You can find me on Twitter at TWP underscore JT. Ah, there it is. There it is. I'm at the pod general on Twitter and Instagram. Don't forget to follow the show at that wrestle pod, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and uh, YouTube. Go subscribe to our YouTube channel. I will be back next Friday. And uh, we want to thank we are wasted for our entrance music, Dangerous Darren for the voiceovers, and you for listening to that wrestling podcast because we are out of time. Thanks for listening. Follow that wrestle pod on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. One, two, three, that's it. <laughs>